0: or go to FailYourWay.com for more info. Now back to the show. On Good Authority has had over a million downloads, regularly appears on the top 100 career podcast list, and has been named one of the best publishing podcasts by LA Weekly and Kindlepreneur. Please welcome OG Authority host, New York Times best-selling author Anna David. There are people who launch books end up just having a nice thing to put on their shelves then there are people who launch books that transform their careers and their lives. As a former member of the first group, I strongly urge you to be part of the second. In this show, I talk to entrepreneurs and authors about how to intentionally launch the book that will serve as the best business card and marketing tool you've ever had. Get ready for takeoff. Well, hello and welcome to the podcast that knows that bills are a part of life, but being broke doesn't have to be. Hello there. I'm Anna David. I talk to entrepreneurs and authors about how to launch a book that will really move the needle in their business. And if you like this podcast, I bet you'd like my book, On Good Authority. It's actually made up of... um, I took a bunch of the interviews that I'd done on this podcast with people like Robert Greene and Chris Voss and a whole bunch of people, including the guests that you're going to hear today. If you want more information about the book, go to ongoodauthoritybook.com. Now, let me tell you about my guest, John Corcoran. He's an amazing guy. He's a former White House speechwriter and attorney who worked in Hollywood. He now uh, co-runs Rise 25, which helps businesses get more clients, referral partners, and strategic partners through their Done For You podcast service. He also has his own podcast, Smart Business Revolution. And um, if you want the show notes, go to LegacyLaunchpadpub.com slash blog slash John with an H. And now I give you John Corcoran, an interview we did back in 2021. Okay, John, I'm so happy you're here. My pleasure. Uh, And you are an interesting guest for this podcast because though you have written books, they are buried so deep in the internet (laughs) that I cannot find them. And we decided to focus very, just to make this really all about how authors can get on podcasts uh, to promote their books and potentially turn their books into podcasts.
1: And bury their books if they want to. And
0: bury their books, especially because there's another author named John Corcoran.
1: Yes. He wrote books about karate. And there's also the teacher who couldn't read named John Corcoran, yes! who is famous. He was on an Oprah and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, my SEO is not so great.
0: But see, the thing about this John Corcoran is he's had 96 lives. He's been an attorney. He's been a speechwriter in the White House. He he's worked in Hollywood. That's I true. Mean,
1: a bit of it and- all. Yeah.
0: And now, you know, there are a lot of people out there who are calling themselves podcasting experts. What makes John different is his business is not just helping you start and launch and run a podcast, but using that podcast strategically. So can you explain what that means, John?
1: Sure, and I love podcasting. I've been doing it for 11 years now. Uh, I started around 2010 when I was practicing law just by interviewing my clients. And what I found was that, um, a lot of people think of a podcast as just marketing, but it's actually a lot more than that. It's really like a Swiss Army knife. It's a it's a tool that can be simultaneously content creation, marketing, but it can also be up-loving your network, it can be business development, referral marketing, professional development. Some of the most amazing insights I've had from ha- over the years have been from the ability to talk to smart people and ask them questions that I'm curious about. And so, you know, what we do now with our company Rise 25 is we we help others to see the full compass of all the different ways in which you can use a podcast to benefit your business, to benefit you personally, to uploving your network, and to make great connections and great get great ROI because that's what will motivate you to keep on doing a podcast for years like I have.
0: Yeah, because I think a lot of people start podcasts and they go, wait a minute, I'm not making money. This isn't, you know, this is not getting many downloads. But what you understand is that it's about leveraging relationships with your guests and about getting the right listeners. Isn't that right?
1: Absolutely. And honestly, the way what I say to people is... I would do my podcast even if no one is listening. I, because I get that much value out of the doing of it, the great conversations. uh, uh, You know, the great conversations. Like every week, I get to talk to smart people like yourself. We wouldn't be having a conversation if it weren't for podcasts. It's a great excuse to hop on the phone with someone. These, you know, in the last 15 months of the pandemic, it's been an amazing opportunity when there weren't conferences, when there weren't face to face. To have great conversations with people to up level your network to meet new people, even after a pandemic, you know, you don't have to travel across town, you can have a conversation with people over Zoom and you're creating content at the same time. And as you up level your network and you get to higher caliber people, people are busy. And so it's a great way to get busy people. I've literally had the co founder of Netflix on my podcast, and he's not giving me 15 minutes of his day if I'm saying, Can I have a Just a a get to know you call, you know, right. But but because you're creating content that's going to be shared, it's going to be on iTunes, it's going to be across all the different podcasting channels. It gives you an opportunity in order to have a great conversation with interesting people.
0: By the way, you all, John's podcast, it's Smart Business Revolution. Is that the exact name?
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: This is what happened. I am a fan of that podcast. I reached out to him on LinkedIn and I would say I would say we're friends. And so you've <laughs> gotta, you've gotta go listen to that podcast. I'm not saying that you're necessarily gonna become friends with John like I did, but he has given <laughs> me the greatest business advice, and we've never even met in person.
1: Yeah, so that's true.
0: Let's talk about what can an author do to get on podcasts that are right to promote their book.
1: Well. Uh, there's, there's two answers to that. One, personally, I, I find that having a podcast is the best way to get another podcast because rather than coming hat in hand and asking people if you can be a guest on their show without anything to reciprocate, you have the power of recipro- reciprocity. And, you know, that's how I was, I was on one of the, the Shark Tank podcasts, because I had the co-host of their show on my show, and then they reciprocated in many, many other podcasts the same way. So that that's one of the best ways. But beyond that, you know, podcasters are looking for good guests. And a guest who can come on a podcast who's got a book, I can say this after 11 years of interviewing over a thousand people, someone who's written a book is one of the best types of guests out there because they have thought through answers on on a topic and they have a table of contents frequently most books do and so it's very easy to conduct that type of interview and it's a great excuse the person has great authority so from the podcaster's perspective saying that they had an author who's an expert in some particular area on their podcast, it's easy for them to conduct the actual interview it's great content for their listeners And it is just a a great win all around. So what is
0: the best way to approach a podcaster, a producer, a host to get on as a guest?
1: Yeah, well, certainly approaching with the book, there's the newsworthiness angle when it's recent. So if the book is right when the book comes out, obviously, you know this, that's a great time. And you want to maximize that time as much as possible. But even after the book, is a couple of years old. I mean, I have lots of authors on who, who their books came out years ago. You know, just making it as easy as possible to the, the host is what I would recommend. So when you reach out to offer them a copy of the book, um, to offer them sample questions is a great thing to do. 10 questions that you can ask me that I can be well-versed on. Um, providing social proof. So evidence of other interviews that you've done, whether it's in mainstream media or other podcasts, if you haven't done any other podcasts before, work your way up, you know, work your way up to bigger and bigger shows and, um, and use the prior shows as evidence that you've had experience in these areas. Those are the main things that I would do in in, in making it as easy as possible for that podcaster to make a quick decision because, you know, uh, You do start to get a lot of those emails when you've been podcasting for a while. You know, I receive dozens a week um, from authors and non authors. Um, I find the authors much easier to say yes to because you know that they're going to have a, they're going to be good at answering questions. You know that they're going to have a fully formed answer to any question that you ask within their realm of expertise. And you know that there is a structure that you can take them through for the interview ask them questions point by point and it's made even more easy if they have a table of contents they provide to you or they have a series of questions that you can a- that you can ask them and that they're going to be able to answer
0: so how far ahead of a release should a an author start reaching out
1: that's a good question. So you know, some—I mean, I know some podcasts that um, you know they're publishing a year out or more. That's probably the exception. Most people, I would say, probably publish within a you know, couple of weeks up to three to four months window. So just take that in in mind. One other thing I will point out is to message across different. Platforms, different mediums. So try LinkedIn, try email, try picking up the phone, um, try whatever social channel, Facebook, that people are active on, and then leverage the first people that you get to get to other people. So you know, ask that that podcaster who had you on. You know, say, hey, I have this book coming out, or the book just came out. I'm looking to get on more shows, who would you recommend? Who else, you know, and maybe they will introduce you to other podcasts. I do that all the time. So I have guests on my show and then I just will, you know, I just know a lot of other podcasters and we have a lot of clients who are podcast. So I will introduce them to someone else. So definitely leverage those re- people to get to more people.
0: Yeah. I mean, by the way, you've introduced me to about nine people without me even asking. So he okay. is not exaggerating about that. And so, so I think also it's making the approach in the right way. I think a lot of authors think I have a book out that's news. Think each podcaster is trying to serve an audience. So really, I don't, you dare pitch yourself to a podcast you've never listened to. Oh, it's the worst as a podcaster. When you get a pitch from someone who clearly doesn't listen to the show. Um, So, but uh, what I am always preaching to is make books and And podcasts can be similar content. And, you know, I know you answer this question all the time, but for anybody who's listening who says, well, no, it's obviously too late to jump into the podcasting game. What do you say?
1: I actually think it's much easier now than it was 11 years ago when I started because 11 years ago, people were like, what's a podcast? You know, now it's, it's a very hot topic. All kinds of celebrities are starting. I mean, President Obama started a podcast with Bruce Springsteen. I mean, there's all kinds of people that have podcasts so it's much more mainstream it's a much more accessible there are many more handheld devices everyone has a a smartphone in their pocket it's easier to get the downloads back then you had to like download it to your computer hook it up with a physical cord to your ipod and then transfer it over in order to listen to it on the go now it's a lot easier to do there's much more things like spotify and things like that so there's much greater awareness um and that makes it easier. However, there's more competition. There's more people out there. Um, So you do have to differentiate yourself. Um, You know, that's for sure. Um, The other thing I would say just dovetailing or or, or piggybacking on what you said a second ago is you want to make sure that you make it relevant to the podcaster. So um, if they have a specific narrow focus, you want to cater to that and explain, you know, Hey, I know that you, Um, feature uh, only woodworking experts on your show. Uh, But I've noticed that you haven't had anyone on who talks about the financial aspects of how woodworking businesses need to operate. I just wrote a book that's the definitive guide to how to manage your finances for a woodworking business. I think that would be really relevant um, and, and really valuable to your audience because I've listened to these past episodes. I'd love to come on. And that will make it easier for people. And it also showed that you put a little bit of effort in you know, and you didn't just send like a mass email to everyone, which everyone just kind of deletes those really quickly.
0: Yeah. So, and so let's say, so, so the service that you provide, let's say somebody listening says, I want to do a podcast. Um, Maybe I even want it to debut at the same time as my book. Is that a bad idea to launch a podcast at the same time?
1: I don't, I don't think it is at all. We've had many clients who've done the same thing, Um, and it actually allows your time to go further because you, you're going to put in the effort to write a book, or you're going to put in the effort to do a podcast. You might as well put in some of that effort and have it overlap. When you interview someone, record it, turn it into a podcast episode, turn it into a book chapter, you know, make it, make your time go further. I think that's really smart. I don't see any evidence that it's going to cannibalize sales or anything like that. And honestly, most of the clients that we're working with anyways, they're not worried about cannibalizing sales because the money isn't really made on the on the book sale itself. They're just looking for more exposure and being on more platforms is is a good thing to do. So the book's. And the podcast can be really complimentary. Um, And it also, you know, a podcast in many ways is a networking tool. And you always want to be growing your network. You always want to be meeting new people. And so even beyond the book, you know, you can take that further and you can keep meeting more people. And the book gives you credibility and it gives you authority, but then it takes it even further. One of our clients um, is the Built to Sell podcast um, that was named after the book built to sell by John Warlow. Um, and then he's, he started a great book. I mean, a great podcast inspired by the book that's taken it that much further and it created all kinds of opportunities. So I love to see that sort of thing where people take, you take the book for people who love that medium. And and there's no doubt that a book gives you cachet, gives you authority, gives you status in a way that no other medium does. But then you can take it even further by having the podcast as well.
0: And naming it the same, do you always recommend naming it the same as your book or not always?
1: Not always. Yeah, I mean, we could have a seven-hour conversation about naming. So usually it's hard to encapsulate that. Um, What I will say is a lot of times people, I think, put too much weight on the name. I've literally had people tell me that um, they've been, wanting to do a podcast for three or four years, but they haven't started it because they can't think of a name. And I just think you're depriving yourself of all the benefits of doing the podcast because of a silly thing like a name. Honestly, it could be called Anna's podcast. It doesn't matter sometimes. What matters more is how you use it, how you position it, and and how you, you use certain relationships to get up to other relationships. We're also a big fan, and if you go to my podcast, Smart Business Revolution, you, you, and you go to my website and you search for series versus seasons, there's an episode that we recorded where we talk about this. It's very popular in podcasting to have seasons, which is a concept that's a carryover from traditional media or sitcoms. And for some reason, people have applied it to, to podcasts, but it doesn't need to have that constriction. We are a bigger fan of series, which you can utilize – in place of the name of the podcast in order to get introductions to great people. So what i mean by that is you could call the podcast Anna's podcast or Joe's podcast or whatever it doesn't really matter. But the series of what you use in order to establish and get a yes from people. So let's say you're trying to reach out and you want CFOs of publicly traded companies that's the ideal guest for you and it's the ideal client for you. You could say i'm doing a top fortune 500 CFO series on my podcast, which by the way is called Anna's Podcast, but no one hears that anyways because it doesn't matter. What matters is that the series is what they hear. And when you start to get some names of other CFOs, people's competitive juices start flowing. And then they're like, well, hey, I want to be on that podcast with my peer over at HP or my peer over at Facebook. You know, if they're on it, I want to be on it as well. And so you can use that concept in place of the name, which doesn't matter as much in order to get great people to say yes to be a guest on your podcast.
0: Well, okay, I know you have a heart out. So let's talk briefly about how, what you could do for the listener. I know your company uh, tends to to work with uh, entrepreneurs Uh, and you offer consulting um, before people commit. How does that work?
1: Sure, so we offer strategy, tech and production. And those three pieces are really intertwined one another. So when people think about starting a podcast, oftentimes people make a lot of mistakes. We saw, we see over 11 years of doing it. I've seen a lot of people start one, do it for six months and then give up, you know, and do something else because they're not getting good return from it. So what we focus on is we want to make sure that people get ROI because I want people to benefit from doing a podcast for years like I have. That's where the real benefits come. And so I'm I'm really driven to help people, whether it's through doing an interview like this and sharing some wisdom or through the clients that we do work with through the, through the company. So, so we start with strategy. We want to make sure that people are employing the right strategy, that they're talking to the right people that they're featuring in the right way. So they feel like a million bucks. So they're getting other introductions to other high quality people. So they're creating, creating great content at the same time as they're getting referrals out of it. They're getting strategic partnerships and it's a win-win all around. So I'm not a big believer in being manipulative at all, at all. In fact, You know, we've sent lots of money to people who've been guests on our podcast by introducing them to other people in our network, or maybe we become a client of theirs, or we refer them. There's so many different ways. So it's so it's really, you know, what we focus on is a philosophy of making sure that people have the right strategy in the place in place, making sure that they are focused on the highest and best use of their time which in our case, most of our clients are B2B businesses. And so there's a lot of things they shouldn't be doing. They shouldn't be formatting an RSS feed. They shouldn't be worried about posting something on social media. Those are not the things that they should be doing, but they have limited bandwidth, they have limited energy. So what they should be doing is just having great conversations with great prospective clients, referral partners, strategic partners, their existing champions. And so we really guide people, hold their hand, Take pieces off of their plate so that they can focus on the highest best use of their time, having great conversations, meeting great people, wa- widening their network, and not doing the things that they shouldn't be focusing on that drains their energy and that is not good use of their time.
0: Amazing. So, if people want to reach you, what is the best way?
1: Uh, you can email me, John at rise 25 media.com. Rise 25 media.com is the website. Reach out, reach out on LinkedIn. Happy to connect with people. And Anna, it's such a pleasure. I love talking about this stuff. I love being an evangelist for the medium because it's just had such great benefits to my life. Literally, my business partner, I connected through podcasting. I've been to people's weddings who I connected with through podcasting. So many great friendships and clients and referral partners and champions and, and met uh, you know people that I've admired from far. Case in point, about... Thirty minutes ago, I got a Calendly confirmation in my email that I'm going to be interviewing in a few weeks. I'm really happy about this. Uh, the founder of Kinkos, you remember Kinkos, the, the oh, office yeah. chain had thousands, thousands of locations. It was now, now it's FedEx Office. Um, but um, he he's a founder. Uh, he went to my alma mater, which is UC Santa Barbara, um, and so he's kind of like a you know a top uh, alum that people are uh, have been and proud of. And he founded. The first kinkos in isla Vista, which is right next to uc santa barbara where i went to school and so he's someone who i've admired for a long time so i've wanted to to interview on my podcast taken a little while to get to that point um but now i'm super excited about it so you know that those are that's one of the examples where you know i don't know if it will lead to direct client business or if he'll become a client or if he will refer a client but i know that we'll have a great conversation. I know that I will share some of his wisdom um, with my audience, Um, and I know that it will lead to great things because I've been doing this for a long time, and I know that good things come from when you put great minds together. So I'm excited about that, and, and, and thank you, Anna, for letting me share some of my enthusiasm for the medium.
0: And please, you are a podcast listener, anyone who's listening, please, just since you're on the app or wherever you are, go download Smart Business Revolution if you don't love it, then don't come back to this podcast because you <laughs> will. You will. Thank you so much, John.
1: Thank you, Anna.
0: Listeners, I will talk to you next week. Thanks so much for listening to the show. Now a request from me. If you've ever used any of the tips or techniques you've heard about from the show, please take a few seconds to give the show a rating or review and find out all about how my company, Legacy Launchpad, writes and launches books at www.legacylaunchpadpub.com. See you next week.